0: "'All right, then,' said Skybright with a mischievous smile. "'Give me your fan to tear. "'I love the sound of a fan being torn.' "'Bao Yu held it out to her. "'She took it eagerly, and... "'Cha!' promptly tore it in half. "'And again. "'Cha-cha! Cha!' "'She tore it several more times. "'Bao Yu, an appreciative onlooker, laughed and encouraged her. "'Well torn! Well torn! "'Now again, a really loud one!' "'Just then, Musk appeared.' She stared at them indignantly. Don't do that, she said. It's wicked to waste things like that. But Yu leapt up to her, snatched the fan from her hand, and passed it to Skybright, who at once tore it into several pieces. The two of them, Yu and Skybright, then burst into uproarious laughter.
1: greetings everybody this is another installation of rereading the stone this is kevin wilson uh joined as always by william jones hello how's it going will
0: oh uh, good i had my second vaccination yesterday so feeling like the terminator
1: nice how about you F- okay yeah uh i also i'm also fully vaccinated and full power and so so how about this uh chapter 31 uh yeah you know this is another kind of a hot summer day chapter uh it's peak sun and i'm starting to feel the uh i'm starting to feel the heat here in southern california uh i imagine hong kong is uh similarly sweltering
0: yeah it's the same we've entered the summertime um and from here until maybe october time it's just going to be unbearable heat Uh,
1: right it's I find it's hard to think sometimes yeah. when it's too hot. Yeah. And actually for the, for audio quality recording, I have to turn off the, uh, I have a, like a, a window air conditioner, but I turn it off, you know, cause I don't, I don't want that to affect the, uh, the recording. And so if I like faint at any point in time, <laughs> um, maybe it's because of the intensity of the, the dialogue. Mm-hmm. Uh, the depths of feeling that are stirred. Right. So this is chapter 31. Uh yeah. A torn fan is the price of silver laughter and a lost chileen is the clue to a happy marriage. Um this is kind of a shorter chapter, uh but there's it's it has some again I've said this before but it has some highly iconic scenes including the uh mm. um the famous fan tearing incident uh, so i'm looking forward mm. to uh giving our spin on that but before we do that how about we give the uh do you have a recap uh prepared
0: sure thing yeah in the last chapter at the beginning baoyu and Daiyu our you know two of our central characters they had had a blazing argument and still not made up uh so he goes around to apologize to her uh, but ends up inadvertently making it worse uh, leaving them both uh, quietly crying. Um, and at that moment, they're interrupted by um, Wang Xifeng, you know, one of the most important women of the household, uh, a kind of uh, a dynamo full of energy and, and kind of managerial zeal. And she mistakenly thinks that they've made up. And so she grabs Dayu by the hand and drags her off to see Grandmother Jia with Baoyu following. Uh, while they're there, There are some other members of the household, including his other cousin, uh, Chai, And while there, he manages to put his foot in it again and insults her. She subsequently leaves and he's left alone. Um, Wandering the the household in the hot midday sun, he finds his way to his mother's chambers, where he finds her having an afternoon nap and her maid, Golden, kind of softly massaging her legs while she sleeps. Uh, Bao Yu strikes up a conversation with her with a kind of sexually suggestive uh, undertone uh, Golden initially kind of not dismisses him as such but kind of tries to uh, tries to push him away uh, before beginning to play along suddenly Lady Wang overhears and in anger at this supposedly shameless behaviour uh, sits bolt upright slaps her across the face and sacks her on the spot um, meanwhile, Bao Yu sneaks away to the garden Bao Yu sneaks away to the garden where he finds a figure uh, crouching under a rose-covered pergola scratching something uh, into, the, into the soil with a kind of hairpin uh, He realises it's one of the troop of child actresses um, employed by the household and she's carving one character over and over and over again um, At that point, there's a sudden summer shower and both Baoyu and this this figure are soaked through. Uh, he runs back to his lodgings, but uh, in the meantime, the the various servants um, of his household have uh, created an impromptu kind of pond in the courtyard and have placed some ducks in it to swim around. And they're so kind of caught up in the excitement of this that they don't hear him knocking and calling outside at first. So by the time somebody goes to let him in, he's in a very foul mood and he kicks out at the person who opens the door, uh, which turns out to be his closest maidservant and sometime lover, uh, Aroma uh, Xiren. She acts as though it's nothing, but we later see that she has been coughing up blood from the injury. And that's where that chapter ends. At the beginning of this one, we're still in the same scene. Uh, Baoyu is very concerned about the the blood that she's been coughing up. He wants to fetch a doctor there and then, but she tells him, not to make a fuss and to wait until morning. He agrees, and in the morning the doctor prescribes some medicine for her, and we leave it there. Uh, That day, Lady Wang, uh, Baoyu's mother, uh, hosts a lunch, but the atmosphere is very tense due to uh, recent events between the different characters, and so the whole thing wraps up rather quickly. Baoyu returns to his chambers to change clothes, and he ends up in a a really blazing argument with his maid, Skybright. Um, Aroma, who we previously mentioned, tries to intervene, uh, but only makes it worse. And Baoyu is right on the verge of sacking Skybright there and then when Daiyu happens to arrive and manages to kind of cut the tension. Baoyu then goes off to a party with his other cousin, Xuepan, um and on his return, he and Skybright are r- reconciled after a fashion. Um, The next day, their cousin, uh, Shi Xiangyun, arrives to stay for a few days. She takes a stroll through the garden with her maid, Kingfisher, and discovers a golden qilin emblem lying on the floor, and it looks just like the one that she wears around her neck. They then arrive at Baoyu's chambers, and he's very flustered because he had been intending to give her a gift that he's now lost. Uh, Xiangyun realizes that the gift in question is the qilin that she's just found, and she shows it to him and that's where the chapter ends so what did you make of what did you make of this chapter
1: uh this is a fun chapter uh it's not too long it's a little bit lighter uh and it has these um these like uh, nice little moments the tearing of the fans is always sort of stuck in my uh in my head and, and so that's kind of a, a really kind of um poignant scene uh yeah. and and the discussion around is interesting you see a little bit we can talk about this a little bit of the uh sort of a philosophy of life and what, how, how value is constructed, you know, it's almost like a value theory um, using the question of the, uh, the, the value of a fan versus the price of a fan, that kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. Later in the chapter, uh, it's, it's a treat to have uh, sure shang yun return, you know, uh, it, uh, it feels like eventful in and of itself like having a uh, an old friend return and and her conversation with uh Kingfisher about Inyang is i think really interesting there's a lot to talk about there um... yeah
0: yeah there's a lot there's a lot there also about yeah how how to perceive the world yeah i agree that she her her um, arrival is very um, keenly enjoyed by mm-hmm. everyone you sort of feel like she's kind of everyone's favorite cousin
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah, she has a lot of, um, especially because um, there's been so much like um, acrimony and uh, kind of uh, petty squabbling that her, her uh, arrival feels like a, a kind of a, um, a palate cleanser, a breath, a breath of fresh air, which I guess, <laughs> I guess that relates to her name a little bit, right? Um, so it's like a, a, a pleasant cloud after some stormy developments. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any other kind of opening remarks?
0: Uh no, I'm keen to I'm keen to get stuck in to jump okay, in yeah. take a look at the uh take a look at the content. So so let's first look at the um the opening scene and uh the maid aroma shiran uh coughing up blood. Uh, uh yeah. A a grim start, I suppose. Yeah, um, a little
1: bit, right? Especially because she interprets it as as if um a fatal blow to her health and longevity.
0: Yeah. She fears either that she'll die young or she will be, quote, an invalid um all her life. Mm-hmm. Um which in Chinese is fairen, uh, which is like almost like uh, waste or 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 like trash person. Um,
1: right, yeah. It's it's rather strong. Um, but I, I guess it's etymologically similar to Invalid in a way. Right. right? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Absolutely. You're right. You're right. That's um, um, So she's worried that she's going to be, I suppose, physically disabled um, as a result of this. And yet she is at the same time still very concerned for, um, I think she's she's kind of a servant to the end, I suppose, is what I would say. Um, she feels the need to, to kind of comfort Ballyu and put him at ease. And, and also not to raise any kind of alarm, you know. Uh, she says, if you go off and find the doctor now, everyone's going to know that mm-hmm. there's something going on between us. Um,
1: and, um, mm. you know, that really won't do. She's almost um, the opposite of uh, Daiyu in that regard, in that she's so uh, kind of like strategic in her thinking. She's always thinking a mm. few steps ahead, how to you know, how to uh, navigate difficult situations and how to mitigate, you know, blowback from certain events. Um. Mm.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Even when she, yeah, even when she fears she could literally be on her deathbed, she is still thinking of, uh, as you say, thinking strategically, thinking of propriety. Mm -hmm. Um, She um, uses this uh, term to refer to the secrecy in which they hold their relationship, um, which is um Jean so it's like a, people don't know, and spirits are not aware. Yeah. Basically, the ghosts, ghosts sense mm-hmm. not. So, so that's to say they've kept it in absolute secrecy. Right. Um, and that's a that's a set expression, right? Yeah, yeah. We will see later in the chapter that this um, confidence is misplaced. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but but anyway on that basis she says to about you not to go off and find a doctor in the middle of the night but just to wait till the morning and then then go look then mm-hmm.
1: my sense is that this kind of um dwelling it's almost impossible for there to be any secrets because there's always people around everyone's in the garden at all times and there's, there's so many there's so many uh servants and wait staff, and the walls are quite thin you know, we're we're not talking about like you know modern uh, installation. secrecy seems like a kind of an impossibility, especially because I think a lot of um, the people in the garden, you know, knowledge is maybe their only kind of form of power that they they wield.
0: Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely a commodity, um, and and very often I find that you know that the servant class knows more than the right. than the masters, you know.
1: It's not exactly like court politics, but it's really close, you know. So how about how about we talk about um, the the festival of the Double Fifth, Shuang uh, Wu Jie, in in the Chinese, and this is based on the 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 lunar calendar, um, and so it's basically uh, it's the fifth day of the fifth month according to the lunar uh, the Chinese lunar calendar. And so, this was actually considered a, a rather, both an inauspicious month and, all, and also a, an inauspicious day. Um, I, I think, and there's kind of different reasons for that. I think that the basic underlying idea is that, uh, it's an, again, it's kind of a transitional moment. And this is the, um, I guess this would be the, the summer solstice. So this is the, the the period when the uh when the sun is yeah. um the brightest right uh so it's kind of the opposite and, and the days are the longest so it's the opposite of the winter solstice when mm. uh the days are the shortest um and so in terms of the yin yang system which, which is going to be discussed later in the chapter um it's kind of a period of imbalance there's too much uh supposedly masculine yang and not enough
0: there's too much yang. yeah right um it, which is presumably why everyone is arguing all the time.
1: right, right it's kind of like
0: they're overflowing with young.
1: yeah, it's the like the uh the non-material version of like uh homicides go up on during a heat wave kind of thing and and so the uh this festival is coming up and I, speaking of liminality they, they mention how you know in the doorways, so in this you know, transitional space uh there are, various flowers have been placed um in the hawks it's calamus and artemisia yeah which again has a kind of uh it's a kind of a traditional belief that this will ward off evil spirits maybe not dissimilar to uh similar things we'll see in other cultures in western traditions you have the horseshoe above the above the threshold um yeah you see some similar kind of uh Cultural forms, and apparently uh, uh, the 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 Calibus flower that's mentioned it's it's said to be mm. to look like a sword, and so there's a, a kind of a oh, apotropaic cool. effect where you know it looks like a sword. Well, that's a good thing to um, to ward off evil spirits, um, and maybe the smell also it has like a, a garlicky smell which kind of reminds you of using garlic to ward off vampires yeah
0: yeah that's really interesting i hadn't known about that
1: and that's kind of the the some of the uh the cultural backdrop and so that there is going to be a uh a little party that they've arranged unfortunately uh because everybody is so um so mopey lately you know and there's been so much arguing uh back and forth that it's it seems as if it's their least successful party uh, yet. Probably the worst party yet uh, <laughs> yeah. in 31 yeah. chapters.
0: Yeah, there's a there's a kind of um, like chain reaction here or um, certainly one thing like bleeding into the other. Um, you know, so we start by learning that you remember in the previous chapter, Baoyu said something which upset Chai and she responded back with, I guess, sarcastic comments of her own. And so yeah I'll just read from the hawks. It says Bao Yu, finding Bao Chai somewhat glacial in her manner, and evidently unwilling to talk to him, knew that it must be because of his rudeness to her of the day before. Lady Wang, observing Bao Yu's dejected appearance, attributed it to embarrassment about yesterday's episode with Golden, and ignored him even more pointedly than Bao Chai. Dayu seeing how morose Bao looked, and assuming that it was because Bao Chai was offended with him, and feeling resentful that he should care, at once became as morose as he was. Xi having been told all about Bao Yu and Golden the night before by Lady Wang, could scarcely be her usual laughing and joking self when she knew of her aunt's displeasure. And Ying Tanchun, Tan and Xichun, seeing everyone else so uncomfortable, soon began to feel just as uncomfortable themselves. So yeah, there's this there's mm-hmm. this kind of it spreads, definitely, the mood, the the kind of glum, glumness,
1: mopiness, like morose uh, feeling. I found the description here uh, extremely plausible. Uh, I, I can imagine this kind of dynamic really happening. Characters um, feel like just really believable. Uh, kind of the like the exp- the like psychological explanation that the author gives is um Uh, I think rather profoundly convincing. Um, It's actually like a, I I don't know. I've just been watching a lot of like really bad television lately. (laughs) And and it's like, it's torturous sometimes because the the way the characters are represented is just so consistently uh, like off-putting because you're constantly taken, you're constantly taken (laughs) out of the moment by these like strange characters who don't have like the depth that you, Associate with uh, human beings. You can imagine them like, uh, like failing a, a capca online or what, what, what have you. Um, and <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. I, I really like uh, this chapter um, because I really feel that all these characters are real characters, and it's it's nice. And and, and the way that they're interacting here uh, is very uh, believable and also characteristic in some regards, especially uh, Dayu. So first, the author describes all you know everyone else, <laughs> uh, and they're they're kind of you know that they're dealing with the, dealing with these issue in their own ways, and then uh, there's kind of a, a a stark contrast drawn between everyone else's reaction and Dayu's reaction, um, which is um, again in keeping with her uh, kind of a morose or her generally morose disposition and her like natural aversion to uh like parties and, and maybe even just to like uh to happiness as such let's say and so we yeah like uh,
0: <laughs> we get this good comparison of the 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 character of those two right of uh
1: uh-huh. and, and Baoyu. uh I, I don't know what how you read this i read this as a uh guess like sort of a lighthearted um like satire of Dayu. um <laughs> right like it's <laughs>
0: I think I think there's definitely some there's a lot of truth in it though you know she, I know exactly that kind of that type of person the one who doesn't really like having to see other people and um, when the time comes to leave a gathering or you know something you've been dragged along to, they're secretly happy but they know they can't let it show. Uh, okay. You know, so she's described as xi san bu xi ju, so xi san is like to be to enjoy or be happy at, at parting or mm-hmm. being separate and ju mm-hmm. is like to not enjoy coming together you know like yeah The mm-hmm. um so it's not necessarily that she prefers her own company but she certainly isn't a terribly
1: social mm-hmm. extrovert kind of person um but it's it's interesting how also this is connected to to flowers yes and, and to her, her kind of her like general philosophy of like you know the viewpoint that like what the problem with happiness is that you know once you reach this peak you'll never be able to reach it again and and so it like the uh the um the climax like presupposes uh the yeah the uh the, the come down as it were yeah the subsequent decline right which which you can see like uh like this kind of uh lends itself toward the uh almost like an antinatalist, like, what's the point of life? <laughs> you know? Uh you know, <laughs> you only feel pain. She's um she's definitely like a glass half empty person. Maybe, she? yeah. Uh, but the way it's presented in her character, um I think it's uh I, I think it's kind of endearing because it like kind of shows you that you, you could imagine these same ideas being, you know, like presented in some kind of like really stuffy um, super serious text and you'd, you'd have to be forced to sit there and like take it seriously. Um, you could imagine also, you know, maybe even in like, I don't know, even like Camus or something where you would have like uh, this kind of like, this like existential seriousness uh, and, and these same kind of um, somewhat trivial ideas would be, would be presented with this like, um, with this kind of like rigor to them. Uh, and as a reader, you'd be forced to sort of like nod your head along but the way it's presented mm, in go oh yeah 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 but the way it's presented in Dai Yu's character it's it's I, I think it's uh it's thought as yeah it, it's like more manageable because it's like uh at face value a bit silly <laughs> i don't know that, that's my read of it at least i guess so yeah yeah i think
0: i think that it's relatively lighthearted but it is interesting nonetheless in drawing out the distinctions between their characters. Um she she you know, she being very much the be kind of mopey, never really see anyone, and Bayu being uh you know, always enjoying seeing others and socializing and, and um and such like. But also like betraying a certain kind of um a kind of like slightly idiotically um optimistic or playful attitude towards life uh, Yeah, you know he's described in the Chinese as ren uh, his character right like or his kind of attitude is ren chang ju san hua chang kai bu so he wished that I guess people could be together constantly without ever having to part and that the flowers could bloom perpetually without ever needing to wither without ever having to wither mm. um and and his attitude is basically you know enjoy the present enjoy your current pleasure um and if there's some hardship that follows it well that's unfortunate but there's nothing you can do to avoid it uh, that's just that's just the price you pay and yeah almost <laughs> i don't know if you felt this way but this attitude seems to me something like a golden retriever chasing after a tennis <laughs> ball um <laughs> you know uh, because of this difference in personality when the party breaks up, Dayu is secretly happy, because now she can, you know, now she doesn't have to spend time with all these people. But Baoyu, mm-hmm. by contrast, is rather uh, disheartened yeah. and sad mm-hmm. to be leaving. And the, that, I think, frames why the next scene plays out in the way that it does.
1: Right. Um, especially, so you can imagine, he's disappointed, it's too hot outside, and then, uh, all of a sudden, Qingwen. Wen, has um, she's just, she's just sort of um, a bit careless. Uh, she drops a fan and she snaps it, uh, and this is kind of the the trigger for their their argument. Um, it's kind of an excuse also for Bao Yu to uh, kind of uh, emote, you know, and sort of express how he's already feeling. He has he has kind of a um, uh, a pretext yeah he he kind of lets off steam
0: at her almost, so yeah he calls her kind of idiotic right, tronti, yeah. or and clumsy or uh, yeah like yeah and and asks her, you know if she'll always you know whats she gonna do in future, will she always be this kind of rash uh-huh. and foolish in in future when she has a household of her own, but she lashes right back at him, doesn't she
1: yeah, yeah, she's not you know maybe she also is affected by the this like this sweltering weather um or mm. this thing's happening that we she's that we don't she know is about, not you know in, in her life
0: yeah she's not in the mood to be pushed around
1: definitely and so she yeah she's she snaps back and making it apparent that she knows all about the kick from the other day uh the kick to uh Hwashi aroma mm. references that mm. kick in a way that kind of um is is for him a bit of a you know jab
0: so I mean I mean, it's it's clear you know, Aroma is the favoured maid and she gets a kick, so an unfavored maid like me must be in line for mm-hmm. much kind of much worse. Is is that it? Um and she also goes on to say, you know, I trod on this fan by accident just now, raking it, but you you you're always breaking bowls and cups and, and things. And we know that, yeah, on at least one occasion, um, in anger mm-hmm. he's he's thrown a cup at the floor and smashed it. Mm-hmm. But you think this is probably not a
1: one off. Um and so this this kind of escalates pretty quickly. Um, Aroma overhears, and then she comes in, and then it becomes this kind of complicated. Like, mm-hmm. like it's not it's not clear like who's mad at whom for what reason. It's just like a a, a general um, yeah. uh, airing of discontents.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's this is kind of three way three way argument between yeah between them,
1: and that's referenced in the text. Aroma at one point is like, "What are you angry at me or at?" Um, about you. Yeah, and it's clearly a lot of resentment toward Roma for being this kind of higher status servant, maid, or what have you. We discussed that before, but it, it comes it, out again here in this scene.
0: Yeah, we see in a couple of chapters that this, I think, does become official. But at this stage, she she has no official distinction between her and the rest of the maids. But they feel like perhaps mm-hmm. she carries herself with particular heirs, um, or mm-hmm. she gets uh treated more favorably um but but yeah, yeah yeah, so she she because of her uh relationship with Balu, she yeah enjoys perhaps like preferential treatment, i suppose, uh, and this maybe engenders resentment among the other maids who th- think that she's you know acting like she's too good for the rest of them, or she's special somehow um, mm-hmm. but when we said before that Aroma thought that you know they they had maintained absolute secrecy in this um in this sexual relationship that, that that she and Bayou have. Uh, it's Skybright makes very, very clear here that actually everyone knows about it. Um, you know. Right. You, you think nobody knows, but
1: you don't fool me. And then uh there's a few kind of really interesting things that kind of are let slip uh in this in this section that I wanted to highlight. Mm-hmm. Let me see here. I want to talk about how it's referenced that maybe Shiren could be could be promoted in some sense to what in the hawks translation mm. is a chamber wife taiju so literally to promote it doesn't say
0: it doesn't refer specifically to a uh, chamber wife he just says "Well,
1: taiju ta so literally i will i will ask for her to be promoted um we've already seen before the issue mm. of what exactly uh Xiangling, aka uh Inglian what her specific status is uh vis-a-vis uhsrepan um and, and so I was kind of thinking yeah, whether it would be what it would mean to be a chamber wife is that the same are we to take that as the same as like uh, a concubine or something higher it doesn't sound like it would be a, a primary wife that's for sure um yeah I think it's
0: I think it's uh in my mind it's a a rung lower than concubine okay lower than concubine Um, okay yeah i mean (laughs) we're 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 in the kind of society here i guess where where hierarchy is so fine grained yeah minute yeah exactly that you have multiple different classes of wife type figures for rich Mm -hmm. and powerful men which yes as a
1: says a lot i guess um Right. Um that's that's kind of an interesting detail to to yeah. bring out, yeah. I think. Um
0: the thing that triggers it in the first place is Aroma tells her, tell Skybright, you know, just go go outside and play for a bit. It's it's we who are at fault. And by we she means you and me, the maids. But what mm-hmm. Skybright hears is me and Bal uh, You know and so we are thinking of our, of ourselves as a unit me and the master are like a, a couple kind of thing mm. and so that kind of sets her off and that is in turn what prompts this this comment from Bao Yu that he's going to have aroma elevated the next day to uh, in the hawks uh, to chamberwife it's only implied in the chinese okay
1: yeah and so things escalate even further um in- until Bao Yu he starts to threaten Skybright, Ching-Wen, uh, with, uh, I guess, ousting her from the residence? Yeah, he's th- he's threatening to sack her, isn't he? And this was a really um, kind of interesting, uh, I-, I thought this was a really, a really telling moment. It kind of says something about Bao Yu's psychology and his kind of, his relationship to having and wielding power. It, it was a little bit strange. In one ways, okay, so like, it's not as if he he was gonna do it himself, mm-hmm. It's almost like he would go to his mother and, and have her um take care of it. Mm-hmm. Am I describing this well I think that um, that's
0: right, yeah, yeah he says i'm gonna go and tell my mum and <laughs> and this isn't the first time that he's done it right he when he broke the teacup that I mentioned that was in chapter seven, I believe, and he had been off eating somewhere. And they had some leftover dumplings. And so he sent them back to his chambers for, I think maybe it was for Skybright to to eat because he knew that she liked them. Or maybe they were for aroma, I forget. But in the yeah. meantime, another servant came along and ate them. And he was so furious that he smashed this teacup. And he threatened right. at once to have her uh, dismissed. Um, okay. And what's interesting is in, in that scene, back in chapter seven, Aroma and all of the other maids say, well, if you're going to fire her, fire all of us as well. Mm-hmm. So they have a strong sense of kind of solidarity among right, them. Right, yeah. And then that's exactly what happens here as well. When Skybright is about to be fired, all of the rest, Aroma and the other maids, all come in and they they kind of kneel in supplication, kind of begging him not to, to let her go.
1: And also kind of blocking the doorway, right? Oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I just thought it was interesting because it is like a, a use or maybe abuse of power at the same time that it's, it just seems so like weak on, on his part. I, I don't know. Um And also it's, we just got over the incident with Golden being um sort of um, uh, rapidly dismissed without, you know, yeah. just cause. Um Yeah. Summarily far. Yeah. Ahead. So you, you think he would be more like sensitive just in the immediate aftermath of that incident to his, you know, perpetuating the same kind of abuse. No, as we can see, he's very kind of petulant
0: about it. Um, whenever he feels like he's defeated or like backed into a corner, he he pulls out the trump card. You know. Yeah, it doesn't reflect well on him, definitely. But eventually, this this intercession of all the other maids um, helps to to sway mm-hmm. him. And uh, um, but because of this intercession, Bayou, he relents and he says, you know, they they've broken his his heart into into pieces um, and at that point Dayu arrives
1: and interrupts and kind of breaks the spell right um, this is a really like great chapter for, for Dayu um, because she is so contrarian yeah. you know the, <laughs> the party ends early you know score one for her and now she comes in on the scene yeah. and just everyone's crying which is yeah. very like characteristic of this novel in general i recently did a, a search yeah. for how many times the the character cool appears uh to cry yeah. and how many was it it's like a few hundred or so yeah 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 400 and or no no 600 600, 600 over was... over 600, 600. <laughs> instances of the the <laughs> the character for crying yeah wait and so you imagine there's probably some synonyms just that one character or so yeah um, <laughs> so,
0: and so, yeah, she breezes in like a you know, a little ray of sunshine. Uh, <laughs> and she just says, you know, crying on a holiday. What's all this about? Have you been quarrelling over the rice cakes? Um, and this causes you know, this breaks attention. Everyone begins laughing and and, and smiling. And um, there's a yeah, I think there's quite like a a tender moment really between her and um, between Dayu and Aroma. Where you know she says, "Come on, tell me all about it. Um, let me. Um, you can you can kind of pour out your heart to me." Uh, and Aroma says, "Oh, you know, I'm I'm just a maid. Don't don't worry about me." And Dayu says, "Only a maid. I always think of you as my sister-in-law," which I guess is kind of telling in in its own right. I suppose that I guess two things. One, it reveals this kind of slightly confusing nature of the master-servant relationship in this novel, um, where there's maybe like a deeper emotional complexity to it than the ordinary employer-employee dynamic. Um, but also here specifically, maybe she's saying that she kind of knows in her own way that Aroma and Dayu have a um, a sexual relationship. Um, they're more than just servant and master. What do you think?
1: Um, I'm not sure. Okay. Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, maybe like, that comment is so, it, it, you know, it passes so quickly that it's, it's really hard for me to, um, to sort of like detect the tone on it. Um, it seems friendly. It's not sarcastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, 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 the depth of its sincerity, you know, is um, subject to interpretation. I was taken by the, the following lines where we get into... Um, this, okay. this is going to be Bao Yu's second time that he uh, has committed himself to becoming a uh, a monk, and and so the the exact context is, <laughs> you know, Aroma feels terrible. She says, "You don't know how I feel, Miss," referring to Daiyu. If I only knew how to stop breathing, I'd gladly die. Um, which is, Daiyu smiles because that kind of that sounds like the kind of thing that she uh, would say. Um, especially when when she's bickering um, with uh, Bao Yu. and and so I, I almost imagine her being like, yeah, that's that's my kind of comment. Um, and so her response is, well, Aroma, uh, were you to die, I myself would also die uh, of grief. And so I i, I almost kind of imagining uh, like a Shakespearean like ending where everyone dies, but not from like being stabbed, but just from like just being too emotional. <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> you know. <laughs>
0: Yeah. I mean the you mentioned crying before. The Chinese is literally uh like cool sula. I would cry myself to death, basically.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, so imagine the end of Hamlet, but just everyone's just crying too much and, he, and it's like keeling over left and right. Um and then Bao Yu to which Bao Yu responds. Uh, he interjects, yeah. Well, I'm gonna become ai m I'm gonna become a monk. <laughs> uh, and then Dayu holds up two fingers. She's like, this is the second time that you've You've claimed, you know, this, like, intention. And now she's now she's keeping track. I guess the, the perfect way to deal with somebody, uh, yeah, who's, like, too, uh, <laughs> like, melodramatic. I, I think the, uh, like, quantifying the melodrama kind of puts it in perspective.
0: It's lucky that she's in a good mood. Definitely. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, here. Um. <laughs>
0: um, anyway, at that point, um, Yu is called away to have... Uh, I guess to go eat or to go drink with uh Xuepan. Um so his his older uh oafish lout of a cousin. He goes off and he drinks with Schuypan for a bit. Um and then yeah, he, he's kind of toddling back, stumbling back in a slightly drunken state. Um mm-hmm. and um returns to his household and in the courtyard he sees a figure sleeping out uh in the courtyard I think basically getting some fresh air, getting out of the stuffy little bedroom uh, in the summer heat and trying to cool down.
1: And so I'm imagining maybe uh, uh, Skybright took a, like maybe like a mattress outside. I'm trying to, I'm trying to imagine what she would be sleeping on. That that could be um, something like that. Yeah. Would that be sw- something like a Kong? Like uh... maybe they, yeah,
0: maybe they have something like a little, like a little camp bed or something they can wheel out. Who knows? He says, uh, you know, come on, let's have a bath together um, she says I think maybe to get him to go away she says, oh, I'm too hot out here I think I'll have to go and have a bath and he says, oh, well, why don't I have a bath with you and she vigorously declines um, we learn that previously he got one of the other maids, Emerald to help him bathe um, and he was in there for two or three hours um and they don't know what he got up to in there, um but yeah, eventually um, she says, oh, well, actually, oh, it's getting cooler. I don't need to have a bath. Um, why don't I wash and comb your hair? And somebody, one of the other servants has just sent round a, a, a bowl of uh, fruit on ice. Um, so why don't you have mm-hmm. some of that to eat as well? Um, and so Yi says, yeah, that sounds good. Um, why don't you go grab some of the fruit? And Skybright can't resist a dig. She says, oh, well, you know what? I'm so clumsy. Maybe I'll drop this bowl by mistake. Are you going to fly off the handle for that as well?
1: And this is where it kind of, uh, earlier I mentioned that you you get kind of a, um, like a theory of value almost in this chapter. And here, Bao Yu's comments kind of uh, approach that. So maybe I'll read from the Hawks here. Referring to a a fan, Bao Yu says, If you want to break it, by all means, break it, said Baoyu. Things are there for our use. What we use them for is a matter of individual taste. For example, fans are made for fanning with. But if you prefer to tear them up because it gives you pleasure, there's no reason why you shouldn't. What you mustn't do is use them as objects to vent your anger on. It's the same with plates and cups. Plates and cups are made to put food and drink in. But if you want to smash them on purpose because you like the noise, it's perfectly all right to do so. As long as you don't get into a passion and start taking it out on things, that is the golden rule. This is a very kind of an odd comment. How did you respond to this? Um...
0: (laughs) I was really quite confused by this, partly because he himself has a habit of breaking things when he's angry. But also it seems such a strange distinction to draw that you should be allowed to break things if it brings you joy but you should not be allowed to break things if it gives you relief from anger
1: uh huh um
0: <laughs> and then what like what's the moral what's the kind of moral or philosophical reasoning for this you know why is it so terrible to break things out of anger
1: what hawks has as the golden rule is uh i wu which is literally love things right um, and sometimes the longer version of that is the expression rem mean i I believe iwu uh, appears in in the Mungsa, so it's kind of a Confucian idea of a kind of a universalized, you know, a, a, a kind of benevolence ren. So if it's ren mean iwu, so you you ren people and then you love i things. But it's kind of a, just like a kind of a respect for all of, you know, nature, both living and non living, maybe. And so you can see how that's kind of similar to what Hawkes says is the golden rule. But the whole idea of the golden yeah. rule, I mean, one formulation of it is, you know, not to treat subjects as objects, right? Like it's the whole like the Kantian notion of like um treating people as ends and not means to an ends, right? It it just
0: seems very confused to me, definitely.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I think it's the author's intention, maybe, to it's a it's a it's a critique a little bit.
0: I I get the feeling that Baoyu doesn't necessarily understand what he may have read, or, or okay, he's a bit drunk at this point, and he's maybe not making a lot of sense.
1: Hmm. Hmm.
0: Anyway, so she says, skybert says, "Okay, well, I really love the sound of a fan, like a paper fan tearing." So she asks for his fan. He gives it to her, and she rips it with this kind of pleasant tearing sound
1: right yeah um and you can imagine that that would be a nice sound you know it is
0: it is quite a satisfying noise yeah. i feel like i'm sure i've heard it somewhere but I, I can't really think of where
1: i'm sure you know if you've ripped a piece of paper it's comparable mm. right you get a nice like uh know, yeah, maybe i should rip a piece of paper mm. should, should i simulate this, this yeah. scene? I got, I got a piece of paper here <laughs> okay <laughs> I, I'm, i'll rip the paper in front of the the microphone you hear that? That was pretty good, right? Oh yeah, that's very satisfying. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> nice. that's good. I think it's like I think it's like certain you know certain types
0: of cardboard because they have that like. I think the thing about the fan is because it has the like ribs in it. When you tear across them, they make a kind of almost like there's like a ripping and a crackling oh, together. Okay, and it's probably it's probably even better um, than the paper then. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's even better. Yeah, maybe it's something a bit like a uh, popping bubble wrap, like that kind of like that kind yes, of yes, yeah, satisfying feeling
1: right you, you could have used that bubble wrap but you're popping that you know yeah. you could have like <laughs> um and and so then this this escalates as well uh and there's just more and more fans being yeah. torn yeah. I, I think um until musk arrives and she's um uh horrified and before oh. she can
0: do anything Bayou bounds forward grabs her fan and throws it to skybright who Rips that into shreds as well. Uh, right, naturally, right. Musk is
1: very annoyed at this, you know. But it's a fun scene. You can imagine they're really uh, kind of uh, swept up in this sort of. Um, yeah, there's a comedic quality to it. Yeah, here, right? this like she, you know, it's kind of like destructive, creative destruction. Or Musk something.
0: says, "That's my fan. You've just ripped." And Bao Yu says, "Who cares? Just go and grab another one for yourself from the box." And she says, "Well, why don't I just bring the whole box out then?" In a sarcastic way, and Bayu says, "Great, yeah, do yeah, <laughs> let's, let's tear them up." <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. uh, you know, there is a little like comment toward the end that, uh, like later on, one of the other maids was tasked with um, cleaning up all these. This is a broken fan all over the place. Yeah, I, I I don't know if that was like also commentary. Uh, it's always like somebody else uh responsible for you know cleaning up <laughs> yeah. uh, the mess um what, what um what do you think
0: um what did you make of this comment in the hawks it's um uh when baoou suggests she, that musk goes and gets the box full of fans so they can tear them up she says and be born a beggar in the next life, sorry, and be born a beggar in my next life no thank you um and you know in the chinese this is i think wukup wuzao yang nia so nia we've talked about before is like nia is like almost like a kind of karmic mm-hmm. bad luck um so i couldn't like she's basically saying i couldn't create that kind of nia bad luck for right. myself basically um what do you know anything about what the kind of like thought process there or like the like ethical or religious tradition is that 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 feeling comes from
1: you know specifically no when i read that i I just assumed that it was some kind of um something akin to you break a mirror you're gonna have seven years of bad luck some kind of um like uh uh, superstition basically there might be some other deeper significance uh maybe even related like you know etymologically or something but that that was my like immediate kind of uh hypothesis
0: so then what's this um What's this phrase that Bao Yu uses um, to talk about the joy that tearing fans brings to uh, Skybright? He says, "The ancients used to say that for one smile of a beautiful woman, a thousand tales are well spent." So yeah, in the Chinese, "古人云，千金难买一笑." Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that, yeah, the the old the old people the ancients said, "A thousand gold." For a thousand gold, it is difficult to buy One smile or one laugh, I suppose mm-hmm. um, And okay. so for the price of a few Old fans being torn He thinks that this smile has been very Uh, very cheaply
1: bought or very Yeah It's very reasonably priced Yeah the, the, the previous comments were just sort of interesting Kind of bizarre, uh, but this one seems Uh, on the mark So this this just ties back to the, um The, the first subtitle Of
0: the chapter, Um uh, which is yeah a, a torn fan is the price mm. of silver
1: laughter um, yeah. and actually uh, I guess chenjin Jin nan Mai is a, uh, a a set expression a four character uh, set expression it's kind of yeah. priceless I thought that, yeah, I th- yeah exactly exactly